So you want to be vegan. Firstly, calm down, relax. It's okay. I'm fully aware this is quite an emotional topic for some of you, but I just want to let you know this is not going to be a full frontal assault on your choices regarding morality. What we are hoping to do though is offer you some advice and some potential action steps that will help you take that plunge into the world of vegan eating if that is so your desire. For context, I've been vegan probably three plus years now and Tom is not a vegan, so there are no echo chambers here and we do come at this from both sides. We explore what we think is the best approach to going vegan or plant-based and it essentially revolves around our knowledge of behaviour change and my own anecdotal experience of going through this journey. We then unpack all of the numerous food choices out there for you, especially those that provide you with the crucial nutrients you need to survive. Basically the ones everyone gets excited over, i.e. you're not getting enough B12 anymore so you're going to die. And even if you have absolutely no interest about going vegan, there will of course be some nuggets of information scattered throughout that will help you on your own nutrition journey. And as always, plenty of chaos mixed throughout, including a tale of carrot panic buying. Yes, it was a thing. Let's get into this week's episode. Good evening, Tom. Good evening, Bill. How are we doing? Uh, we're back, ready. Just us two this week. I know, just us two. Just us two. How exciting. I know. It's almost like you expect me to say something completely off the wall, but I have nothing for you this week, Bill. I expect you to say something off the wall, mate? Never. Never. You've never done such a thing. I have nothing for you. This is a very serious topic we'll be talking about today. It is a very serious topic. This week, guys... There's going to be lots of triggering involved. Oh, God, here we go. What's Tom going to do? He's going to trigger me, isn't he? Um, yes. <laughs> uh, I was going to gaslight you throughout this whole episode, and uh, that's the thing. I've come in acting all serious. You know, it's you. You're, you're the problem here, Bill. You're the one not taking it serious. See? That's gaslighting. See what I'm doing to you? <laughs> By the end of the episode, I'll be smashing a fucking uh, ribeye. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Full blown. Uh, <laughs> Right. Speaking of ribeyes, we can do the opposite this week. We are talking about veganism in the context of this series, which is So You Want to Be Vegan. So I probably already said this in the intro, but I'm going to say it again now. Relax. This is not going to be an exploration of your own morality and your own ethical viewpoints. Right? This is an episode directed at people who perhaps want to go there, want to explore that world, or maybe have been on the fence, yeah. uh, maybe having a few troubles along the way. And we're going to try and give a bit of advice from two separate sort of points of view. Someone who, like me, who is actually a vegan, and then Tom, who's not, but that does not matter because you can still, it makes it easier actually because then we can identify barriers and talk about why they are barriers and how you can potentially navigate them or potentially not, depending on your choice. But yeah. It's not an inherently, you know, it's not an inherent episode on like the morality of it or, you know, the the cons or pros even, but just a simple case of, well, if you want to go for it, then here's a nice way to transition into it. Yeah, for sure. And admittedly, yeah, we will be talking about the cons and pros a little bit. <laughs> yeah, obviously, yeah. Doing a con, I don't know, I just realised I did a 180. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I did just say that I was vegan, but if you listen to last week's episode, Tom, you did start with some chaos and you spoke about the mobilisation of the plants. Now, that has put me in a very strange situation. What you've done there is you've essentially suggested that they are sentient and that they are able to equip weapons uh, and mobilise. So I'm not really sure where to stand anymore. I'm not really sure where <laughs> where my allegiances lie in regards to dietary choices. I mean, this is the question you have to ask yourself here, Bill. Are you are you feeling a bit weird about it in the sense that, oh, it's a sentient being, I don't feel, you know, confident in a plant that can do Kung Fu anymore? Or 
Are you more worried in a sense that Hanuman, I'm eating something that can protect itself here? Yeah, this is the problem, isn't it? Are you more are you more afraid? Are you more afraid that this thing can get you into a, a chokehold? Gone are the days where you could simply go out to your garden, pull out a carrot and uh, munch away. I feel like <laughs> you don't know what they're what they're holding now. <laughs> what they're carrying. I mean, just in case we have people that just kind of like flutter into our episodes and don't listen to, you know, the build ups we do for this. <laughs> you know, it's a bit like Game of Thrones. You can't just like come in halfway through. No, no, no. There's a storyline here. It's chronological. You know, you don't want to get any spoilers. But uh, we were talking about there was a video release where scientists, I shit you not, because Bill saw the video, they linked a plant up to robotic arms. It was doing like the electrical pulses, wasn't it, in like plant leaves. Mm. And this plant, the little droid arms were swinging around little tiny machetes. It was really terrifying, wasn't it? It was terrifying, yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's scary to think in a in a hundred years' time, will a plant be more dangerous physically than a ball? Who knows, mate? That's that's for another podcast, I think. Another time. It's a scary thought. With another audience. <laughs> right. Another time. Okay, guys. We will uh, get into the meat of this episode now, pardon the pun. Um, so, first up, you're oh, going to want there, to... Yeah. yeah, so what I did there. Yeah, so first up, guys, basically, on this journey, if you want to become vegan, you need to establish your why first and foremost. Why do you want to be vegan? Why have you clicked on this podcast thinking, you know, so you want to be one? Why do you want to be one? Um, we'll go for a couple of reasons why. One of the reasons that comes up is health and performance. Um, now, if one of the reasons why you want to be vegan is because of the documentary Game Changers, I don't know how to break it to you. It's probably not the best of uh, it's probably not the best of ideas. Um, that is a very controversial documentary I mean, in the health and fitness maybe, space. Maybe maybe it's because I don't have the. I mean, I have the benefit of not being part of the vegan community, but I've not heard anyone mention Game Changers in like a full blown year now. Which has been a great thing. Yeah, it's been yeah. a great thing. But you still you still get a bit of the legacy stuff. Yeah, you do. You do. You still get the, the diehards that still cling to it. But I mean, uh, just going back to what you kind of said about like um, wondering the reason why, you know, figuring out your why, your reason for wanting to go vegan. It might sound like it doesn't matter, but it does matter because it, <laughs> without sounding a bit cheeky, it will allow you to bend the rules a little bit. You know, I mean, if you're not doing it for ethical reasons, you are doing it because you simply, you know, want to improve your health or you want to improve your performance a little bit more in whatever you may do uh, or you want to i don't know you might find that someone including more of a plant-based diet which isn't necessarily vegan in itself but you know you want to like i don't know try and trigger off weight loss etc by increasing your veggie intake little things like that. it allows you to kind of bend the rules of what you can and can't do but more importantly it means that you can decide um you know, which animal is more deserving of it. You know, if you've <laughs> got an inherent dislike for a certain animal, <laughs> then, then, you know, it makes it a lot easier. Like if you've got a deep hatred for duck, Get then uh, it's a lot Chinese. easier, isn't it, to start grilling a duck? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then you can still be like, oh, but I love animals. I wouldn't harm an animal. Yeah, you know, ducks. ducks are different. I'll, I'll, I'll easily, like, beat a duck to death with ducks a shoe. Dicks. But, uh, yeah, not, not, oh, not a cow. So you can bend the rules a little bit. Know your reason. Know your why. It's all fun and games, guys. Fun and games. Don't get triggered. Relax. Okay, breathe. Some of you out there might yeah. be getting extremely upset. I wouldn't upset attack a swan. <laughs> <laughs> I've never attacked a swan. Yeah. Oh, dear. You made some points there, though, Tom, about like um, if people maybe wanted to not do it for the ethical reasons, but just do it for a few health reasons. Now, we could look at some of the health stuff because people always do like to argue that veganism could be seen as healthier. Like, I remember when I first went over and did it, a lot of people were like, how do you feel? Do you feel better for it? Like, do you feel healthier? And I, I had to explain, like, I'm not doing it for the health reasons. Now, 
Is it healthier? Well, as I said, it depends on your approach. For example, if you went down the more whole food plant-based diet approach, then yes, potentially, because you're essentially going to be eating lots of fruit, veg, legumes, nuts, seeds, etc. Um, but the thing I'd say is that you could do that on an omnivore diet as well. If you're just wanting to eat more of those foods, you don't have to cut out an entire food group, like you don't have to label yourself as a vegan to do so. So that doesn't mean so that's not yeah, an inherent right. reason why it's healthier. And if you look now at what's available in supermarkets, there's so many options now for everything that you can have a pretty dodgy vegan diet too, as well. Um, you know, there's loads of fast food options out there. You can go to any pretty much Plant any takeaway option. Yeah, you can go to any takeaway shop and they've got an option. Um, I mean, my recent video, I was smashing up plants from McDonald's all week. And that's a, I was that's a vegan just about burger. to say, Bill, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, how was it? Uh, well, uh, no, no, actually, can I, can I go back on my question? How yeah. was your? How was the first one? Not the you know one thousandth bite. But the first, one, I mean, yeah, I, mean, what I was like the first burger. One like? Even after you ate all eight hundred. I mean, well, it wasn't eight hundred, but I mean, if you want to find out how I dealt with that, I'd go watch the video um, of me eating plants for a week. It's um, it's an interesting watch. Yeah, didn't look um, good. It's a quite, <laughs> it's quite, it's quite the adventure. Um, but yeah. That was uh, a <laughs> that was interesting. But going back to the point of is veganism inherently more healthy? Um, I mean, you could argue maybe back in the day because veganism back in the day it was there was a lack of options, right? There was there was like pretty much nothing. All you could have, as I said, was the fruit, veg, legumes, nuts, seeds, all the you know the whole foods that I spoke about. But now there's a replacement for fucking everything that it's not inherently healthy. Wasn't the meat alternatives? No, there wasn't. Yeah, you got ice cream, pizzas, you got chocolates, all sorts now. So, when people say, "Oh, going vegan is inherently healthier," you have to be. I would take that with a pinch of salt, basically, because it's not necessarily true. You can still go off the fucking rails with it. But if you go down the whole plant food approach, then yes. But then that all I'm trying to say basically is, is that you don't have to go vegan and label yourself as such and cut out everything to make some of the choices that the benefits of a plant based diet come with. Yeah. You can simply just add more of these things into your diet, you like legumes, nuts, seeds. No, you don't have to go all in exactly like that. But if we look at the other side as well, Tom, so there's also the worst side because people, are, obviously, some people argue saying that vegan's good for you, healthy, it makes you healthier, blah, 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 blah. But there's actually people then argue it's actually worse for you. It's actually going to make you unhealthy if you go um, vegan. So, for example, you've got the stereotypes, haven't you, of vegans being weak, sickly people, like these little. <laughs> these little grey golem like creatures um, <laughs> yeah. who just look like very sick and ill um, that's the classic one um, but now if you look there are numerous athletes out there who are now vegan there's plenty of people who look normal like you wouldn't even notice who are vegan um, I mean you could argue that a lot of these people got gains before they got there but the point to really make there is they've not decreased they've not suddenly become shit or lost all of their gains because they decided to eat plants as opposed to uh, animal uh, sources as well the big one is protein isn't it so we spoke about this for me, Tom, on the protein podcast. I think it was. That is one of the biggest kind of like uh, I don't want to say setbacks because obviously we discovered otherwise. But like uh, one of the biggest fears among people that might want to go protein, uh, sorry, go protein, that want to go vegan, go is getting a lack of protein in or a low quality, you know, version of protein. Yeah. Um, so we talk about like amino acid profiles, etc. But we kind of concluded way back in one of our old episodes on this topic that. You know, as long as you're kind of like being quite diverse in regards to what you're eating in your vegan diet, at least in regards to the high protein content, then you're going to get a different amino acid profile anyway. So actually, not really that much of a dramatic difference. Basically, you can still make gains on a vegan diet. But if we look to the data on this, 
a lot of people they go off of the date when they say, oh, you know, animal protein is far superior to vegan protein. It's because a lot of the older data that was first coming out where it looks at acute consumption. So what they basically did was they got a single vegan meal and compared it to a single animal-based meal and looked at protein synthesis. Um, and this was the basis for animal being superior to plant because if you looked at it side by side in an acute consumption de- uh, setting, the animal protein will provide higher protein synthesis. However, in based in the real world, when we look at norm, the data for normal consumptions so of people having protein like they normally would, so having whatever, in this, in this, I'll give you this example, if you were to consume 1.6 grams of protein per kilo, which is what we spoke about before, is like the, you know, the evidence-based number to you know, get you a decent amount of protein synthesis there, most of the data out there will mm. conclude that you, could ex- uh, you can expect similar gains regardless if you've got it from a vegan protein source or if you are an omnivore and got an animal base as well. And the reason for that is because the important thing is getting your total amount. If you get the total amount of protein in, the quality starts to, well, the effect of the quality starts to diminish. Another thing as well, and I'm looking at this from the point of view of people that are trying to like, um, so what you said about like how there's a stigma or a stereotype of vegans looking, you know, very, very frail and very, you know, sickly, etc. Another thing about uh, like another fear of veganism is that obviously trying to get those calories in Okay, which yeah, sure. you, you think about it, it's like okay yeah it does make sense because obviously a, a, a high fruit veg diet etc or vegan diet let's say is going to be quite low density in calories but the volume is going to be so high like how am I going to even like maintain 2,500 calories on this mm. actually it's quite surprising like how calorie dense some vegan options can be um, some are quite high in fats I mean you look at the I'm going to throw out the classic influencer one here but the avocado you know, mm. which is quite dense in calories. And then we look at things like seed oils, etc. There's still calorie-dense options within a vegan diet. I'm pretty sure vegans vegans can eat seeds, can't they? They can eat seed oil. Seed oil isn't sentient, seed, is Seeds aren't mobilising, are they? There's not, there's not <laughs> sunflower seeds of a machete. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Have you ever seen uh, Terminator 2 with the T-1000? Yeah, Robert yeah. Patrick, he's the liquid Terminator. Oh, maybe, yeah. Imagine maybe. that, but made out of seed oil. Transform into a seed. That's what all these... Um, Carnivore people uh, believe happens with seed oil. They're terrified. It of turns seed, into yeah. like some kind of like yeah T one thousand. There's other things as well. People like to say that are going to be negative in regards to your health if you went to vegan, um, such as lacking certain things like B twelve, iron, etc. I mean, this episode we are going to give you aid, so to speak, on sort of options you can have and how to navigate these potential issues. But it's important to note: mm. just because you are an omnivore as well, does not mean you're going to be getting all these apparent missing nutrients either. A shit diet is a shit diet. So people automatically assume, oh, if you go vegan, you're suddenly going to be deficient in all of this, where there's probably a few omnivores out there who could also be deficient because all they eat is one food um, every day. So it's just important to note that. Yeah. You can have it, if you plan your diet well, regardless of what diet you decide to choose on, if you plan it poorly, it's going to be a poor. If you plan it well, it can be you can do quite well with it um, as well. So yeah, from a health standpoint, I, I mean, we're going to go on to the reason why I chose and the reason why I think is the only sort of valid reason as opposed in terms of actually sticking with it and the reason i say that is because if we look onto this other reason then ethical reasons uh, why you might want to go vegan okay so basically understanding where your food comes from not being too pleased with it and then deciding okay i don't want to do that anymore which is that's that's a reason why um and the reason i say that should be that's probably the only reason which works is because if you go from a health point of view as i've just said there's no real inherent health benefit to going vegan and if you're cutting out all of these foods, there are challenges that you might face along the way, which make it very difficult to justify to yourself, why am I even fucking doing this? So you're less likely to stick with it. 
if you go in with the other side of the point of view, with the ethical reason, for example, that's more of a value, isn't it? More of a core value of yourself, whatever something you want to stick to. You're more likely to go, okay, you're going out for dinner. Oh, it's really shit. Oh, everyone's having all these mega burgers and they look, look fucking amazing. If you're doing it for the ethical reasons, you're more likely to go, okay, you know what? I'll bite the bullet, I won't do it. But if you're doing it for the health reasons, you're probably just going to go fuck it and just go and smash that burger because you're not bothered. Which is fine if you want to be more flexible, but then you've not essentially done what you've set out to do. You've not essentially gone out and be vegan. You're basically what they would call, I don't know, was it a flexitarian or something, which is fine. Like, it's nothing wrong with that. You don't, you don't have to go full, but just bear that in mind if you did want to go full, like you wanted to be a full vegan, because that's why you've decided to make that choice. Doing it for a health reason is quite hard to stick with, I'd say, because you're cutting out an entire food group, which is quite challenging. I mean, in regards to like the... Uh have like an ethical reason for going vegan i mean it's always going to help in regards to behavior change if you're emotionally attached yeah, to the goal yeah, you have sure. in mind so if mm -hmm. you if your goal is to go vegan and that is because for ethical reasons straight away there's an emotional attachment there so it is something that you can anchor more onto but at the same mm -hmm. time I, I generally know that there's people out there who genuinely prefer vegan options simply for the taste and the enjoyment they get out of the meals they make. That's a valid point, mate. Like, uh, for example, what was it? The other day, there's a place near me, um, say, like a vegan restaurant, and they do these kebab things. And <laughs> when people have it there, they're so home surprised. Base. Well, because it's like, it tastes like <laughs> home base, fucking hell. It's basically a doner kebab, but because it's not like a normal doner where it's greasy and stuff, it's not like that at all. So everyone's like, you get the flavour of a doner kebab, but without all the grease. So they actually prefer that. So I get what you mean when people sometimes say mm. they prefer the options, because at the end of the day, a lot of these substitutes are manufactured for taste and to be the best they can be whereas obviously when it's not manufactured I say that yeah. Donner Meat fuck, fuck I was in Donner Meat could be anything couldn't it <laughs> yeah exactly it could be anything horse <laughs> lamb uh, seed oil a Renault McGann <laughs> Renault McGann <laughs> yeah. oh fucking hell yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, but I want to touch on that point you made there, Tom. I think that's really important about the emotional attachment. And that comes with other reasons why people might want to do it as well, like the environmental impact. You've also got things like social reasons, yeah, which too. is a bit more... I think social reasons are a bit more of a hybrid because if you're on like a, a social group or like a friendship group and they're all kind of like that, it can make it easier to do so. But then also it could be the opposite if you're like one person. For example, like in our friendship group, Tom, I think I'm like the only fucking vegan. <laughs> but like it doesn't matter which can make it which can make it harder. So let's say I was doing it for the health reasons. There's that lack of emotional attachment and I'd be like, do I really want to keep doing this? Because yeah. no one else is doing it. There's like external pressures on me. But because it's, there's the emotional attachment, it's kind of like, well I don't give a fuck. So you're more likely to stick with it. So I think I think what you said, Tom, really summarised it well. You need to find an emotional attachment to making this decision as opposed to one that's not really true because I said the health one is not really valid. You can make changes that are based around veganism, like the plant food, uh, the whole plant-based diet approach. Yeah. You can take take things out of that and apply it to your own diet. But I wouldn't say go fully vegan because if there's no emotional attachment, you're not going to probably stick with it, if I'm being honest. I mean, it does kind of like lead into like... Well, <laughs> Once again, like your social support group, mm. it does help to have a, a a social group, whether it be friends or family or even your work environment, but people who are supportive, people that ain't constantly making it hard for you by taking the piss, etc. And don't get me wrong, you are going to get people like that. Basically having an environment where they're making it effortless for you to mm. be vegan. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're not constantly waving it in your face, you know, taking a piss, stigmatizing you, making you feel ashamed to even eat your food in the staff room or in the house. 
um, you know, in relationships. Well, it's like, um, for example, Tom, if we go out for dinner, like us, you know, us lot and the lads and stuff, it's always an effort. Like whoever's, whoever's deciding, whoever's planning it, we always say like, okay, can we go here? Has this got a vegan option? There's always like that consideration of, okay, is there a vegan option there that Bill can fucking, you know, get into? Obviously, there's a few jokes out there saying, oh, they've got a garden or whatever. They've got a fucking flower bed. All the, all the classic lad jokes, but it's, um, <laughs> but we always oh, find cool. an option. Whereas sometimes you'll find groups where, <laughs> People will just book stuff and then they won't even check and then they got, their mate will turn up and there'll be no options and they've not even thought about it. And then that makes it really hard for you to stick with it because like your yeah. friends are there. You then got this battle of you're like, well, what do I fucking do? And it's they can that can make it very difficult. It becomes an effort simply just having to go out now and socialise. Well, in a society, Bill, I think society is <laughs> actually getting better in regards to this. Like We're starting to cater a lot more to vegan, gluten-free, etc., I mean, um, even uh, like my, my, my sister-in-law, she's allergic to legumes. So whenever mm. we go out with her, first thing she does is say, oh, look, I've got a pea allergy. And straight away, we have like this 10-minute fucking discussion with the waits and waitresses going back and forth to the kitchen to have a discussion with a chef. Now, in the 90s, there was no such thing as having an allergy in the 90s. <laughs> you just died. If well, you, you mentioned you had an allergy <laughs> to peas in the 90s, you, were, you, you actually got locked up in Broadmoor. Uh, that's a psychiatric what? hospital in the UK for anyone that's listening. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like it, it can be, it can be difficult if you have yeah. like a particular diet where you know that it's going to cause. I don't want to say issues. I don't want to say like I'm stigmatizing, but it, it becomes high effort. Then me as an omnivore, I can I can go anywhere as long as it's in my price range. So Nando's, you know, I can go anywhere. But for someone such as yourself, Bill. You know, I do understand that it must be hard to like uh, simply just have to know that they need that there needs to be an option there for you. I mean, it's but getting much better now, isn't society, it? We are getting better in catering. Yeah, loads of options. I mean, to really summarise that bit there is that I think you spoke with us a lot, Tom, about your behaviour change conversations. Is that we need to make it effortless. Any change you make, habitual, whatever, it needs to be made as effortless as possible because yeah. if there's that's the only way you can really adhere to it. If, you, if things start becoming really big effort, like obviously we're going to help you today to make it less effort, but yeah, making it effortless is going to be the easiest way to adhere to it and uh, transition. If you go on a, a, a work night out or a Christmas meal, you want to just think, okay, wicked, that sounds cool. Instead of having to think, oh my God, please tell me this place is going to have like a vegan option or you then feel like, and this is even worse, you don't want to feel like that guy that then has to go up to him and say, oh, guys, remember, there needs to be a vegan option and feel like you're stigmatising and causing issues, which you're not, you know. it's uh, It can be tricky. But I'm going to repeat myself again, you know. Places are getting better for this, you know, in regards to their options. Okay, guys, we'll move on to some action steps now. So these are going to be sort of us giving you a bit of anecdotal advice as well from myself, but kind of how to go into this world and navigate it in the most effortless way possible. We're also going to look at some Instagram polls uh, that we did, and we're going to discuss those um, if we've not already discussed them already. So I think the first thing to start start by saying is avoid the all-in mentality. And what I mean by that is, is if you wake up and decide, you know what, I, I'm going to be vegan for reason X, Y, Z. Don't just suddenly throw out your entire fucking fridge, freezer, kitchen cupboard and just go, right, I'm going to go full vegan because that will not work. It's like with anything. If you <laughs> if you try and do too much of anything too soon, it's going to get overwhelmed very quickly and it's going to be very hard to maintain it past a week or two. It's like people on crash diets. They go on a fucking juice cleanse. They do 600 calories a day. They'll last a few days and they'll wrap 
because it's such a big shock to the system. It's such a big change. They can't adhere to it. Um, same with this thing. You want to go in kind of with a more calculated approach. So if I give you some examples then, and I'll kind of tell you how I did it. So for context, I've been... Um, well, vegan for I say vegan. I mean, I don't like to say strictly vegan because you know some people get upset if you you know if you have, I don't know I might have a leather seat in my car or something. Who knows? But um, basically, what I did first was when I decided, I went look, okay, cool. This is what I'm going to do. So I think right, how can I replace the meals that I've got? So I looked at all the meals I've got in the day, and I thought right, how can I make these plant based? So what I did was I went fifty fifty for a bit. I can't remember how long it was for, but I went 50-50. So I got, right, half my meals are going to be what I normally have. Half the meals are going to be there. I think I started one meal at a time for the first week, I think it was. I think I got one meal and went, right, how can I make this meal plant-based? I then went, okay, I'm going to change it plant-based. I then did that for a week and went, okay, that's pretty easy now. I've nailed that meal. I'm happy that meal is now sorted. I know how to make that plant-based or even longer than a week. If you like to keep, I mean, I'm quite boring. Um, I have like the same thing as pretty much most meals. But if I was someone who likes to jazz it up on a daily basis, you could explore over a few weeks, okay, how can I change this breakfast each like couple of days to make it different and make it plant-based? Once you've nailed breakfast, you can then go, okay, cool. What's the next meal we're going to tackle? Because the worst thing you could do is try and change all your meals at once because it'll be fucking carnage. So just do one meal at a time. And I did 50-50 for fucking quite a while, if I'm being honest. I think the first meal I changed was I used to have scrambled eggs on toast quite a lot. So I was like, right, fucking hell, what can I do with this one? And luckily, it was quite easy. I basically got tofu and had scrambled tofu instead. You Because tofu, if you're not aware, it's a high-protein source, which I'm going to talk about later, but it absorbs flavours really well. So you can basically season it to a point where, especially if you use something called black salt, black salt actually makes it taste like egg which is really it's really mad <laughs> so it actually makes it taste like it's a sulfur because if you if you're aware of sulfur sulfur's got like the eggy smell so mm. black salt is like a lot of sulfur so you can put that in there put some fucking what's it turmeric on there as well to make it like more yellowy whatever put some black pepper on there and there you go you've essentially got something that's very close to scrambled eggs on toast so when i got that i was like cool that's that meal sorted easy the butter was easy to change because there's so many plant-based butters now it's easy you can get olive spread if you want to if you want a bit more fancy with it but there's a lot of options so i think you'd agree tom the best thing to start with really is to tackle it meal by meal and then just kind of go from there and make sure that and make sure you've nailed each meal before you move on and start adding more. You don't have to all at once. You don't have to go, oh, I'm really upset. I really want to be vegan completely. Yeah, it's the end goal. But if you try and do it all at once, you'll never get to the end goal. So <laughs> meal by meal. 100% I'd agree with that. Don't get me wrong. I'm assuming there are some people out there that can just flip the switch like that. But I mean, it's good. You know, it's probably going to be a bit of trial and error as well. Discovering how to actually be vegan and also enjoying what you prefer as well what you actually like you know finding alternatives finding out what you could fit within your price range as well i mean me if i went vegan tomorrow mm. i wouldn't have a clue about recipes because it's so completely different from what i have on a regular basis I and mean, when we talk about barriers to anything really whether it be exercise or nutrition or you know a healthy active lifestyle in general yeah, one of the things we talk about is a barrier for education. Now, education doesn't necessarily mean about getting schooled, but just simply your knowledge of things. So for me, a barrier mm. would be I just simply wouldn't have a clue. But by taking that mindset of like, look, it's going to take time. It's going to be a bit of, you know, time, effort, trial and error. Then I could say, look, even if I was to start with a fucking cabbage on a plate tomorrow, you know, I could slowly learn what I can actually <laughs> do in the long run. You know, it's going to take time. Now, though, it's even like even when I started in the, the few years it's been, whatever it has been, the amount of choices now is unbelievable. So if I, if I go into a supermarket now, you can literally replace 
any normal meal with a meat oh, substitute. Yeah. Now, we're going to talk about meat substitutes in a bit because that was that did come up on an Instagram poll. I do want to talk about that because it's quite a bit of a fear factor around them. But, for example, if you're someone who has, I don't know, sausage, mash and beans, yeah, there's like 15 different sausage types you can buy as a substitute. Loads of them. Linda McCartney, she does great ones. They're always an offer as well, so they're pretty cheap as well. If you have, I don't know, a chicken pasta, there's loads of different chicken substitutes as well supermarkets do their own standard uh, version now where it's like a, these little chicken cube things um obviously not real chicken uh, and they're look once again super cheap because they're like supermarket owned brand you throw them into a pasta get some sauce in there off you go there's so many options now that literally any meal you can think of there's going to be a substitute for it even christmas now every every christmas i've been uh, since i've been vegan there's always been new stuff coming out and every every christmas is like exciting because i'm like okay what's the new fucking thing they're going to bring out to jazz up christmas this year because they always think of how can we bring out because it used to be nut roast isn't it obviously you know tom being an older gentleman it, all it was was nut roast if you were a vegetarian or a vegan at christmas but now you can get fucking there's wellingtons like these mad little wellington things there's like there's actually like fake chicken <laughs> roasts with like little fucking i don't know herb butter things on top and stuff and can you actually get a vegan pig in blanket yet yes you can yes you can no way yeah they've had an audi mate audi fucking, is even here. even audi jumps on the fucking gun. oh yeah audi's all over it when it comes to christmas to be oh fair. yeah but yeah that's you know. what i mean mate the fact <laughs> that they've got so many options now that it becomes even all you've got to do essentially and this would be my advice now especially kind of how i did it as well is literally just look at what you have on a regular basis and then just think okay what in there is animal based and then just look and see what you can change go into the supermarket because they have it all labeled out they have like plant-based sections in most supermarkets they'll have a frozen bit and they'll have a fresh bit as well um, and you'll f- find very quickly that most stuff you already have is vegan anyway like most of your carb sources or your like obviously the veg and stuff you might have your food most of it is vegan anyway like your breads potatoes pastas and stuff so the only thing you're really changing is the protein source most of the time and that's not too difficult to think if you actually have a look and have a little exploration you could be like okay well this is interesting this ain't too bad obviously if we go down the plant-based route where you literally have things like lentils chickpeas quinoa it gets a little bit more difficult because it's not a simple case of okay i'm going to replace my steak and chips with quinoa and chips because that's not going to be um, <laughs> that's not going to be very nice uh, be a bit of a shit meal <laughs> have a nice little fillet of steak in the bin you're gonna have a bowl of quinoa instead but um that's where it gets a little bit more exciting um but what i would say is try to once you've actually replaced all your meals let's say you've used meat substitutes every time or you've used things like tofu or um temper or whatever seitan we'll talk about those in a bit once you've nailed those, you can then start to think, okay, how can I make this meal a little bit more plant-based, whole food friendly? For example, a curry. A curry is the easiest one because you can go, okay, I normally have a fucking chicken curry, right? How can I make this a bit more fucking plant-based? Simple. Lentil curry. That's actually like a normal thing. Like that's actually a standard Indian dish, a lentil curry, like a lentil dal. Could, could have just said a, a vegetable curry. A vegetable, yeah, yeah, but no, lentil, it's not, it's not just a bit, it's got lentils, mate, lentil protein packed, also a carb source, um, or a chickpea curry, do you know what I mean? Get those in a vegetable curry, yeah. Or adame, is that how you say it? Edame? Adame? What's that, you know about Adam- bean? Adame beans, yes. Adame beans, yeah, yeah, so they've also got protein in, um, but that, that, that's when it gets a bit more complicated, but all I'm telling you now is the internet is your friend, or... Speak to people, reach out. I mean, you can drop me a message if you really want to, but reach out to people and like community yeah. know this because if you go on Instagram now and type in vegan food, the amount of pages with like these mad fucking recipes is unbelievable. I go on there and think, fucking hell, like people are making mad stuff. But some people will get really creative with it and they'll, they'll literally make, I don't know, one guy made Eggs Benedict. He actually made an egg where you cut into it and the yolk would come out, but it was all vegan. 
it's obviously <laughs> that's very time consuming to make but this is this, this is kind of just highlighting that if you go on things like instagram there's a fucking world of opportunity and ideas at your fingertips really i think it's because when people uh you know when the word vegan enters their head like this is said people who are kind of like shied away from what vegans can actually have is the first thing that comes to the head is my example which is literally a cabbage on a plate and it's not the case there's a lot of things you can do you know and but yeah <laughs> i mean as you said like you didn't your friend in this case you know simply even now like the amount of like vegan recipe books you can buy now there's instagram pages dedicated to vegan recipes even like uh, magazines you know there's more things dedicated once again to i mean look even like baking now vegan brownies so uh, my favorite coffee shop just up the road from me a lot of their stuff is vegan and it's fucking i've had one of their vegan sausage rolls and it's an absolute banner you know and you would not Wait, have guessed yeah, greg's sausage rolls are unreal yeah greg's sausage rolls as well they're vegan ones i've had one of those as well they're not they're not bad they're mm-hmm. not bad at all but i think there's this stigma of uh oh it's boring and it's just simply a leaf on a plate and it's not the case at all i mean going back to the protein thing as well like one thing i do remember is uh when I first learned how to track food and calories, etc., and I was tracking macros such as protein, I was really surprised at like how much protein content was in peas. Now, obviously, that doesn't surprise me now because you get pea protein powder, etc. But just me looking at a vegetable and going, holy shit, like a big intake of my protein for the day has just come from the peas in my mixed veg. Yeah, green peas are like an absolute game changer. And obviously, you get the other benefits that come with having uh, peas as well. Um, before we move on to talking about some more potential barriers and hopefully trying to navigate them, because um, there are a few barriers to becoming a vegan, uh, is talking about nutrients. Now, we are going to talk a bit more in depth about the nutrients that people get scared about to be deficient and how you can navigate those. But a good way to tackle this at first, this is good for anyone really if you are if you are concerned about your nutrient intake and talk about more about micronutrients really, is to do like a little food diary at first, to write down your meals and be like, okay, where am I getting my micronutrients here? Where am I getting my B12? Where's my iron coming from? Where am I getting my calcium? And then you can get, you bring an awareness to what you're already doing. And then what you can then do is go, okay, cool. How can I add a source of XYZ into this meal? And once again, do this gradually. One meal at a time. Okay, I am lacking in iron. Where can I add iron in? Okay, I'm going to work on that one meal to get an iron into that meal. And then you do it for the week and go, okay, cool. I'm happy now that meal that meal sorted iron iron claw then you go to the next one okay cool i'm lacking a little bit in um, zinc here where the fuck can i get zinc from let's try and get that in there the thing is you can't change what you're not aware of so if you're not aware of these things in the first place you can't make a difference so when people say oh i'm fucking deficient in xyz it's like okay why are you deficient where, where are you not getting it in and then when you actually write it down and start to explore your own what you're putting into your body it then becomes easier to make those changes as i said you can't change anything if you're not aware of it in the first place but I said we are going to talk about those specific uh, micronutrients down below, which are kind of the the go tos when it comes to people lacking, so to speak. But um, if we look at if we look at some sort of barriers, then we'll look at the polls in a sec. There's quite a few on there. But like Tom, I know we spoke quite a lot about like socioeconomic barriers. Now, I mean, what would you say are like the obvious ones in terms of people struggling to go vegan? I mean, the one that sticks out to me would be your location. If you don't live near a major supermarket, you might struggle. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, simply that. If you don't live near a major, you know, food store like Asda or Tesco or, you know, whatever you have in America, you know, that could be difficult. Um, some places there's a lot more... Texas. It's a lot harder to get access Steak. to fresh <laughs> fruits, barbecue. you know, fresh vegetables, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, Texas. <laughs> Love a steak out there. 
Oh, it does sound good to be fair. Price as well. So like some places sell up marked up prices. Um, mm. Something I've already mentioned as well is education. See, whenever I, I mention education, some people take offence to that. It's not me calling you stupid or saying you're uneducated in the sense that, you know, you've never gone to school, you've never like bothered to actually educate yourself at school or anything like that as a straw man. Instead, it just means that you're currently unaware of something. There's nothing wrong with that. I have no idea how the fucking space shuttle into space but it doesn't mean that I'm ignorant it just means that I don't know how it worked um, some people for, for example um, with my clients I, one of the things I try to preach is that you know it's actually completely acceptable to have frozen fruits and frozen vegetables you know because for a lot of people that's more convenient some people don't actually have access to a fridge do you know what I mean or a freezer but you know let's just say the vast majority of people do in this country at least <clears throat> you can totally buy fruit and vegetables that's frozen Something that isn't going to completely go to waste and you've got to like, you know, drag the kids to the supermarket, you know, a couple of days later to go buy your expensive fresh fruit and veg that's going to die again in a couple of days. You know, you can have frozen fruit and veg. But a lot of people just assume that, well, isn't that bad for you because it's frozen. So once again, that's where education comes into play. It's simply understanding that you have got these options. It's not inherently dangerous for you just because it's frozen. So yeah, education is another big part of it. But yeah, simply like the availability of the food the location, the prices as well. Um, once again, though, I think we are getting better as a society in regards to having these options, you know, particularly in regards to like a, an actual vegan Always something off as well. You know, Always an option. As you said yourself, we've got whole segments of uh, supermarkets dedicated it, to it now. Once again, in the 90s, no such thing. You know, if you ask for a vegan option in the 90s, uh, particularly in uh, 96 you would have been tried for treason why 96 but you know I know it's not strictly vegan but let's just say someone was trying to make a transition but things like corn alternatives etc you know as I found out it's not strictly vegan no, some of it is yeah not all some, some of it is though yeah I know what you mean though oh uh, some of it is yeah yeah, some of it is now. Yeah, they've got like a. Yeah. Your, it says it's literally plastered on the front now. If it's vegan, they have they say it, and then the normal stuff, the other stuff, which is just vegetarian. Wicked. It's just like the plain packaging. So yeah. But once again, that comes down to now education. Things are changing, so they're actually helping you by putting these things on the boxes. So yeah, happy days. But yeah, there's a lot of things. Also, um, you know, this is in particular for like uh, people living like urban areas where there's okay, you might have supermarkets, etc., but you are constantly dominated by fast food advertisements constantly in your faces reminding you of how cheaper this alternative is compared to you know actually eating more nutritiously or even vegan loads of factors mate and even if we look at it from more like a social standpoint so i'll start on the obvious one which is like families because if you're young because there's a lot of younger people now who are starting to take more um what could you say i don't know there's younger people now who they seem to the people who are younger tend to care more about the environment and the like, implications of making certain choices, whether it's to do with food or just how they operate on a day to day basis. So, if you're in a family, say an old school family who's very simple meat, veg, potatoes, and you're growing up and you want to be a vegan, it's going to be very difficult for you to do that if you're not doing the weekly shop. If you're not doing the weekly shop or your family isn't really that bothered, that is making it not effortless at all. It's making a lot, a lot of effort for you to actually be vegan. So, that could be a huge barrier to doing that. And that really just comes down. Yeah. to having honest honest conversations with your family really i mean any only thing i can say it's obviously very difficult for me to say this because i don't know your family but if you are listening and you struggle because you're in a family of carnivores and you want to be a vegan 
if you've got to try and be honest and just be like, look, guys, could you, you know, help me out. This is something I believe in. This is something I'm, I care about. Um, I'm passionate about. Can you, can you, you know, can you help me out <laughs> in any way, shape, or form? Um, especially if you can't actually go out to the shops yourself. I mean, if you asked a family member that in the nineties, it'd be a very different <laughs> result as what you get now, <laughs> particularly in '96. Um, <laughs> but no jokes aside, like uh, I don't know why I keep on saying '96. I just keep sticking to my head. Nothing happened to me in 96. I just want to clarify. This is in case it sounds like I'm trying to project something, you know, beaten up by a, a leaf or vegan in 96. Man dressed like a, man dressed like a broccoli. didn't exist in 96. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To be fair, that does sound like something that could have happened in the 90s. Yeah. Adverts were wild back then. It reminds then. me of, um, have, you seen Daddy, have, you seen, have you seen Daddy Daycare before? Have you seen Daddy Daycare of um, Daddy Ed, Eddie Murphy? I think that's what it's called, Daddy Daycare. When, when, did, when did that come out? Was that in the 90s? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that was... Um, well, they, if it didn't come bit, out in the 90s, I wouldn't have seen it. It had um, Eddie Murphy and I forgot his other name. Is he Zane? Tom Zane? Basically, there was, a seg- there was a segment in it where they were trying to get kids to stop eating sugary cereals. So what they did was they got all these guys to go into this room dressed up as giant vegetables and they just got beating the shit out of other kids. They were like pulling off the stalks of broccoli and beating them out of it. It was fucking hilarious, mate. This guy dressed as a broccoli getting battered by kids. <laughs> oh, I, I just tried to Google it and said I got that guy that went on to... No, it was the guy that went on to... UK TV dressed as a broccoli uh, for an interview. I don't know if you remember that happening. Bill, I'll have to show you the picture of this. Oh, mate. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Daddy Day Get Vegetable Seed. But once again, that does sound like something that uh, would have happened in the 90s, Bill. You know, you tried to introduce vegetables in the 90s into a public school, it, it wouldn't have gone well. <laughs> Should we move on? <laughs> Watch for. Right, sorry, yeah, I, it took me back then. Um, People be. But yeah, having a social support network does help. You know, I mean, uh, this isn't to say that you're, so what you said about the family, it's not that you're trying to change your family. It's just that they're aware that for you it could be a bit difficult, especially if like you're, if you're surrounded by people who straight away there's going to be meat on the table and there's no alternatives for you. And obviously if it's family, you want to feel involved with your family as well. So, you know, you don't want to feel like you've been stigmatized or pushed out. But it's not about projecting your views onto your family or your social network. It's just about letting them know, look, this is the situation. I'm vegan. I don't want to make it sound like you're admitting an illness, but uh, yeah, look, I'm vegan. Yeah, anything you can do to help me out, wicked. Like whether that be the places we go to to eat, or just making sure that like uh, you know there's an option for me, or you go out for your Christmas meal and you know, mum and dad have prepared something for you. It, it helps, you know, it does help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. As a vegan, you'd you'd, you'd be upset if uh, you know for your birthday they took you to the zoo. <laughs> just having that <laughs> level of understanding. Yeah, I know, right. It comes back to the education piece, mate, education. I mean, what is a zoo's acceptable for you guys? or It's, it's a, it's a grey area. <laughs> it's a grey area. As long as you yeah. don't eat the animals. <laughs> God, yeah. I mean, I mean, any, any animal locked up doesn't sound... Um, I mean, there, is, there's, there, there are good things. We're, you know, fuck, I'm not going to get into this. We said we're not going to get into this argument. We're not going to get into it. We'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. Um, <laughs> where, where have you gone? Where did you go there? <laughs> I didn't even mean to, but it's a... Uh... Yeah. Me, anyway. I had a sip of my Diet Coke. Oh, right. So you disappeared out of camera shots. So what the fuck? The straw's green, by the way. Oh, so that a vegan special. Special straw. Yeah. <laughs> right, anyway. <laughs> Guys, what we're going to do now is we're going to talk about some of the Instagram polls because we could just keep going through the sort of socioeconomic barriers and stuff, but we'll just go through what people you guys have sent in about reasons why you aren't. So I basically asked on our Instagram, why aren't you vegan? 
and I, I made it clear afterwards in another story like this is not like a judgment thing of like you're a fucking you know why aren't you vegan you fucking it sounded like it was this, you know? the way you worded it yeah yeah. Yeah, that, yeah that's why I clarified later on because I, like, I said guys you know, there's no judgment this is just uh, information I'll for, calm the, down for the now podcast and uh, yeah. reworded <laughs> right. it yeah, I'm not angry anymore yeah I've put that broccoli down now but um, basically these are the reasons why uh, some of you guys said you're not vegan now some of them are pretty good to be fair quite funny uh, first one because I liked meat, eggs, and milk. Now, simple, isn't it? If you like a certain food group and you have no emotional attachment to those foods, you're happy where they come from and that's great, then yeah, crack on. There's no, that's that's fine. That's a valid reason. You like what you like and that's it. Obviously, we can get into it deeper, but we're not going to because we're not here for that. Um, all I'd say was, to that one, is if you are someone who likes a taste of meat or you like milk and you like eggs, whatever, try some of the substitutes. If you're someone who wants to go vegan, but you're like, oh, I just love the taste of steak, I just love it. try some of the substitutes and you'd be surprised. And you also have to remember this. This is something I've, I have always say to people, especially when it regards to milks, because our taste buds adapt, okay? Like this is the classic one is the salt thing. If you put salt in your food all the time, food starts to taste more bland when you don't add salt. But then before, you never even noticed because mm. your taste buds have adapted to having that much salt. Same with sweetness. Same in the milk thing. People always say you put oat milk in their coffee or tea. Oh, it doesn't taste very good. It tastes a bit off. The reason is, is because you've got so accustomed to having normal milk in your tea and coffee for years and years and years that this different taste is a shock to your taste buds. You're like almost defensive against it. Like, what the fuck's this? But I, t- I promise you now, over time, you just get on with it and you start, okay, whatever. Um, and a game changer, a little bit, uh, uh, that was a pardon the pun there, but a, uh, a game changer for a cup of tea is something called My Cuppa. You get this in most major supermarkets. It's basically Outpro, it's like a soy-based milk thing, but it's essentially just for use, use in tea and coffee and it tastes very fucking good. It, look, it makes it look like normal tea and coffee and it tastes pretty good close to normal milk. So if you are someone who likes the taste of normal milk, My Cuppa is a good option. Only when it's an offer, though, because at full price, it is a bit expensive. But when it's an offer at half price, it's, it's worth buying. Um, but if you like the taste of this stuff, that's great. But I promise you now, there are alternatives now which do taste pretty fucking good. But you've got to get the... You just have to mm. give them a try, basically, is what I'm saying. Next one, we've kind of touched on this, Tom. I'd starve, I'd starve if I was. Now, this is like a, a mentality some people still have, is that you can't eat enough food on a vegan diet, which, as mm. we've, we've established there, is simply not the case. You can have a Domino's if you want to. 2,000 calories of vegan pizza if you really wanted to. I mean, you're not going to starve on that, are you? So there are plenty of I've calories to be had. I've actually had their vegan pizza. And it's actually... I bet that blow your mind here, Bill, but actually my preferred Domino's pizza is actually their vegan pizza. Oh, really? It just tastes better than a meat version. Yeah, Less grease, isn't it? Oh, no, it's still greasy as fuck. Yeah, but it just less tastes grease. good. Less, less grease. Less grease. Yeah, it's plant grease. Plant grease. Plant grease. Gre- <laughs> plant grease. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but it does taste well, pretty good. Listen, if you cut an aloe vera plant, it is greasy. <laughs> Fucking hell. It is very slimy. The, the grilled aloe vera is like the grilled hog in a vegan world. An aloe vera roast. So instead of a hog roast, you're going to have an aloe roast. <laughs> yeah. It's a big giant leaf on a spit roast. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> go around the fire. Yeah. And you cut it open, it's all slimy and yeah. Oh, God. It's healing properties. Fuck's sake. Anyway, yeah, so... If you starve when you were, now, I think to look deeper into that question, I think the reason you say that is because you probably don't have a clue what to change your food for. You'd probably be like, fuck, what do I actually eat instead? I normally have bacon and, bacon, and, uh, bacon, bacon and eggs in the morning. What do I now have instead of that? That's probably why you're saying you'd starve. But as I said before, tackle it meal by meal. Don't, don't think of it as changing your whole diet. Don't think you've got to change your whole life. Think about it as meal by meal. So if you're like, oh, I'll starve, don't worry about your three other meals in a day. Let's say your first meal, you're going to tackle that first. And then once you nail that, move on. That way you won't starve. But if you try and do it all at once, yeah, you might just be like, fuck, what do I have? Just broccoli, 
nuts, seeds. Um, yeah. Poles of it. So you've got to do it, you know, methodically, uh, stage by stage. This is from across the pond because uh, I find protein supplementation is hard to balance uh, macros and as expensive as fuck. Now, protein supplementation is hard to balance macros. Um, I'm not. What do you What do you take from that? What is your What is your interpretation I'm, of that? I'm I'm going to reread the show notes and try and transfer. Sorry, try and translate that. Hang on, bear with me. I mean, to be honest with you, um, protein supplementation at the moment is sky high in general. Mm. Do you know vegans actually yeah. cheaper than whey at the moment? Um, oh, is it? Yeah, so I know a guy who owns... Well, I don't know a guy. I know a guy who knows a guy who owns a supplement company, and he actually had to stop selling... Cause he's a small one. No, he actually had to stop selling guy. whey because whey was costing so much money because of obviously the all stuff kicks all the shit is kicking off. Whereas vegan is actually cheaper to get them to source. So he only sells vegan at the moment because whey is too expensive to actually get hold of. Um, which is quite interesting. I'm not sure how that relates to the end yeah. product because there's obviously the vegan tax in there, which we'll I talk about. But <laughs> there's, um, I'm not sure how the end user impacts them. But from a cost point of view, it's actually cheaper for the manufacturers to get hold of vegan at the moment. I mean, I have tried some vegan protein powders it's like in the dirt, past. I've it? actually had like a pea isolate. It's not um, very nice. Yeah, is bear in mind this is from like the you know 2010s. Mm. So this is before like protein powders got better, more tasty, etc. This is like the mm. very, very beginning when my protein was still a fit, like an early doors thing. So yeah, it did generally taste like dirt. Um, I think some powders have got a lot better. Yeah, yeah. Now there are some really tasty ones out there. The problem is, it's like to be fair, this to this response, they are vegan protein is fucking expensive. I buy the cheapest one I can get on Amazon. It tastes like shit, to be honest, and it's it's pretty cheap actually when you compare it to normal ones. But if you want to get the ones that taste really good and the fancy ones, they can take the fucking piss. And if I just go on Amazon now, guys, to give you sort of like real live information on sort of protein uh, prices, um, we sort of, I mean, protein as Tom said has gone up quite a lot in recent times anyway. Um, but like these numbers, they blow my mind. A kilo of protein, so 28 servings, 30 pounds for a vegan one, for a kilo. That's not a lot at all, is it? I mean, admittedly, there are some That's cheap ones. a lot ones. of money. <laughs> there's, oh, hang on. Oh, hang on. I've just seen that. I might buy this now, actually. There's one on Amazon now, PhD diet plant, um, chocolate flavor, one kilo, Tom, 18 pounds. Mm. That's a fucking bargain. PhD's that. not bad as well. I've get, had that yeah, before. I might, actually, I might get that, actually. Um, but all I'm going to say for that <laughs> is, when it comes to vegan protein as well, check the source of the protein. Because if you're getting, let me say for example, let me give you this example. If all your protein is coming from soy, nothing really wrong with that. But you then probably don't want a protein powder, which is also Rather soy. More, yeah, more diverse. Yeah. So you probably want to go a for diverse a diverse profile. Yeah, a P1 or a fucking, because a lot of them, for example, the one I get, um, well, the one I have had before, it's got like brown rice protein, fucking sunflower seed protein, coconut fucking, but it's got all sorts of mad protein in it. It's like a massive blend, the which is good. Shaban. But once again, this is where it comes down to trial and error. Especially if you've kind of like got so used to your diet where you kind of already know where you can fit your macros in and where you can fit them around, etc. Yeah. You know, it is going to be a bit of trial and error trying to find that protein source you can now have, whether it be through actual whole foods or through protein supplementation. Yeah, yeah it's going to be trial and error. Well, that that's why we always try and advocate for, you know, getting your food from whole food options. But in a vegan point of view, I mean, I take yeah. protein supplements. I, I have a protein shake, whatever. You know, most people who are on an active lifestyle have to do that because it is more convenient. It's not more fact because I have to. I could easily just go and have another meal, but it's more convenient and sometimes it's easier to balance your macros by just having a 100-calorie shake of 20 grams of protein as opposed to having to have a whole meal to get my 20 grams in. I mean, I can empathize that, you know, like as a meat eater, if I wanted to get – I could have a meal right now and have 70 grams of protein in that meal, which is a hell of a lot. 
Yeah. It's relatively easy to do with just like a small pack of chicken fillets. Mm. Whereas when it comes to like protein, it's like trying to get those big wax in, which first thing I think of is, okay, yeah, getting some kind of vegan protein supplementation, some kind of shake. Because straight away, my mind can't go to something where I'm going to get a massive amount of protein, you know, 40 grams in one Without, meal. Um, the problem as well is a lot of protein sources that are vegan, sometimes they're high in other macronutrients that people aren't aware of. Like lentils are a great protein source, but they're also a carb source. So if you smash like 50 grams of protein worth of lentils, you're yeah. having fucking shitloads of carbs that you might not have wanted. Same with even like tofu. Tofu's not like a lean protein. Um, yeah. I mean, there are, there are some lean uh, protein sources that are like substitutes, but... It's not as simple as buying a lean chicken breast, a lean bit of steak, lean mince. They're normally other yeah. macros. You've got to. It's a bit more. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? One something about like a, a carnivorous or an omnivore diet is that you you do get lean meats, which when it comes to getting a high protein take is relatively easier, especially when you've got things like yeah, like tins of tuna, things mm. where the macros are very high when it comes to protein, low in everything else. Therefore, it's more calorie friendly. But trying to get that balance and that, if this is what the question is kind of referring to now, I can, I, yeah, I'm starting to understand what they mean now. And that could be frustrating. But once again, I think this comes down to trial and error, tweaking it and seeing how you can balance those ratios out. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, simply the education aspect. So for me at the moment, I'm completely, my mind would be a blank. I wouldn't know where to mm-hmm. get that high protein source where it's low in the other macros. Google's my friend and I guess pester bill at three in the morning. Yeah, exactly that, yeah. Um, And I think we'll go back to what I said earlier, guys, was that tackling it meal by meal. If you want to have a perfect macro profile for whatever your goal is, work on sort of, I don't want to say perfecting because perfection is, you don't want to be chasing perfection, but you want to sort of get to a point where you're quite happy with your macro profile for one meal. And once you're happy with that profile for that one meal, then move on to meal number two. It might take you a whole fucking year to get all your meals vegan, but that's fine. Yeah. That's one year out of however long afterwards. Take it, yeah. you know, don't rush these things. I know you want to get out there and do it for your reason. You've got your why you want to do it. So you're like, I want to fucking get in there and say that I'm a vegan, but it's not worth it if you give up after two days. You want to make it a long-term change, so do it gradually. So also, if you're looking after your health as well, remember, your health's got to come in front and foremost. Let's say you are doing it for the animals. There's no good you trying to do it for the animals if you're fucking shitting yourself <laughs> all night because <laughs> your body's in bits because you've like got absolutely rogue and have no yeah. idea what, you, what you're doing. So it's, you've got to look after yourself first and foremost. Um, so yeah, doing it gradually will help that. It's the long game. <laughs> yeah, the long game, yeah. Um, this next one, Tom, controversial. Because the body needs animal protein. Oh, here we go. Does it? <laughs> um, I would disagree. I would I would disagree with that. Um, once again, I do think this comes down to. Oh, I don't. I'm, I'm not going to say this is what this particular person may have implicated here. However, there is a view that yeah, we can't get a full amino acid profile from plants alone or plant-based foods. You know, it ha- we have to get some of it through animals. Um, as we've discussed in previous episodes, that isn't the case. Kind of repeat what we said earlier. As long as you have like a diverse um, diet when it comes to veganism, then you can get a whole bunch of different amino acid profiles. Anecdotally speaking as well, since I went vegan, I have got bigger and I've got stronger. To get bigger and stronger and so the muscle size and strength, you need protein. So if animal, if a plant protein was doing fuck all and it wasn't working, I would not see my numbers rise. I would not see my size rise. That's obviously anecdotally speaking, but... Aloe vera steroids. <laughs> as we said earlier, as long as you're getting like 1.6 grams per kilo of body weight and you're getting quite a diverse range in your little vegan diet, then there will be no difference 
really it'll be minimal difference between a plant-based protein and an animal-based protein so the body doesn't necessarily need it the, the, the mm. important thing really is is that you're getting enough for whatever stage of life you're in um, and that obviously a vegan it's not as simple as you can't just keep out like smashing chicken breast or whatever like chicken broccoli and rice a bit more diverse for it but that's where the education piece comes in of looking at the options that are available which we are going to talk about um, and you know having some fun with it this is a good one Trying to eat more plant-based, but choice can be limiting eating out, i.e. token green salad slash risotto. Um, that is one of the barriers. We spoke about social implication, going out for meals. We are getting better, but there are certain places you go to and they will just have the token rainbow quinoa salad or the fucking aloe vera risotto. You know, it's the, <laughs> it's the, uh, <laughs> it's the standard option. So um, it does make it hard. But all I'd say is don't put that stress on yourself. If you want to be, because at the end of the day, let me put that this for you, okay? If you're not that bothered and you're just trying to make that change gradually, when you're eating out, maybe say to yourself at first, I'm going to go vegetarian because vegetarian options are quite, uh, there's a lot more of them in restaurants because it's been a lot, that's been around for ages, isn't it? Yeah. Being vegetarian. So maybe say to yourself, look, okay, I won't worry about that for now. I need to work out, I need to focus on the meals I'm doing at home first. And when I go out for dinners, I'll go vegetarian. Maybe I won't even go vegetarian. I'll have normal, normal stuff. But I'll maybe go vegetarian first. And then hopefully when I start to sort of evaluate different areas, okay, this restaurant's really good for me. This one's not. This one's really good. This one's got good options. This one hasn't. Uh, and to have, sort of just bring awareness to what's going on while you're just having your normal options or your vegetarian options. Don't get too stressed about it because I do understand what you're saying. It can be a bit shit sometimes, but that's where you have to find places which are good for you. And then hopefully just your friends will follow you into these places. <laughs> Um, have thought about it for more of the health aspects which we've spoken about already not for the moral that most have that's interesting seems hard and a lot of outside judgment for the decision uh, for the decisions and stigma would need guidance and a friend who could discuss it with you uh, and gain ideas not just the internet i think that's a fair point there we've already spoke about the health thing there i would argue it's probably you don't need to go vegan to improve your health you can do it by just taking a few plant-based principles. Um, in terms of like the judgment and stigma as well, we spoke about that as well. That's one of those things where if you've not, the thing with that is there's always going to be stigma. There's always going to be, people are always going to make comments. I mean, I, I get them fucking now and again, you know, little, little comments here and there, whatever. But this comes back to your why. If you've, if your why is an emotional one and you're connected to it emotionally more than anything, then when people, when this stigma comes out and people are making these comments of it, it doesn't bother you. But if your why is a pretty shit mm. one, <laughs> like it's a pretty bland why of like, oh, I want to eat more fruit and veg. If people start saying, oh, you're fucking vegan, oh, fucking, uh, then you might just be like, oh, okay. And you might just stop and go buy Domino's. Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, you know, it goes back to that why. If your why is not mm. a strong one, then the judgment is going to impact you more, I think. Alternative, well, yeah, alternatively, if um, people are stigmatizing you in regards to that, you can just wait for them in the car park with a crowbar. With a what? With a crowbar. Or you could turn up And with just a show them who's boss. A plant wielding a machete. Or you could turn up with a bar. Oh, uh, sorry. When I said crowbar, was, was crow the triggering word there? <laughs> oh, I mean, what's God. vegans' thoughts on crows? On crows? A little fuckers, they're aren't little they? Vermin fuckers. Yeah, little crows. fuckers, aren't they? Yeah. You know, yeah. pecking at my beans on a Monday morning when I'm waiting for the council <laughs> to come pick it up. <laughs> um, oh, dear. But just a, I mean, just a thought on that, actually, is if you're not doing it for the ethical reasons and you're doing it for the health reasons, you don't have to go full-blown vegan. You can just go more plant-based. Exactly. So that's yeah. a simple case of, okay, what can you do there? You can just increase your diversity of the fruits and the veggies you eat. Try and make the bulk of your food more plant-based mm -hmm. and just maybe reduce your red meat intake if that's something you consume a lot of mm -hmm. and consume more lean meats instead. 
Mm. So see, it's not a simple case of what you said earlier, Bill, isn't it? Like going all in, all or nothing. You can simply just reduce your intake of certain things, you know, meat-based products or at least like the red meat side of things, and uh, just yeah, just increase your increase your fruit and vegetable intake and be a bit more experimental with it. And if you don't go all in, like even if you could also just even just bring awareness to where your food comes from. Like if you're in a position to do so, if like say you, you know you're in a financially position where you can make these choices, you can just be a bit more um, mindful of where you get your food. So instead of going to the supermarket and buying like the cheapest fucking uh, mints from Romania, you could buy I don't know, go to your local farm and be like, fucking, they might have a farm shop where it's all like grown. You can go see the fucking whatever. Yeah. You know? Just things that, but you know, it's still not ideal if you looked at it from a strictly ethical point of view, which obviously we're not going to go into. It's irrelevant, but it's more about the you're aware now where your food's coming from. You're making better choices as opposed to nothing at all. Because something is always better than nothing, isn't it? If we all make one small change, that builds up to quite a staggering amount of change there, isn't it? People always think, oh, what's the point of me buying a pack of lentils as opposed to a fucking Big Mac? It's like, well, you might not think it's a lot, but if everyone does that, we're going to be swimming in lentils and McDonald's is going to go under. Do you know what I mean? So it's uh, small changes make a big difference. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. A few, few, few more barriers here, Tom. Um, got a couple of crackers here. First one, I like meat. Once again, yeah, someone likes meat. Fair enough, mate. Um, this, oh, this was a little cheeky mm-hmm. little fucker. We spoke about this, we spoke about this off there, didn't we, Tom? Someone put, because I eat meat. And that was a, it's a little fucking smart-ass, isn't he? has to be a little smart-ass, doesn't he? Because the question was, why aren't you vegan? And they said, because I eat meat. Yeah, cheers up, mate. Cheers, dickhead. Fucking, always, always one up there. Yeah. Always one. There's always one. And we know yeah. them personally. There's always one. <laughs> Half time to call the little fucker mm-hmm. out. <laughs> we do. Didn't surprise me to be fair, actually, when I saw it. Um, last two, then. So, tried vegetarian, but couldn't balance macros along with calories. Vegan would be even harder. Now, yeah, that, that is a, a, an apparent barrier. Macros will be harder. And the thing is, the reason this is so hard, I think, is because, as I said before, we get stuck in our routines of whatever diet we've been on before, normal omnivore one. When you try to change it, you're then throwing the rule book out almost, and you have to restart. Yes, it's quite easy to just go and buy a meat substitute and whatever. But if you're tracking things like macros and calories, the macro profile is different. For example, a plant-based sausage has got a different macro profile to a normal pork sausage you buy that you've been buying mm. for years. So you've then got to completely change the way you tackle things. So once again, I'd say to this person is maybe try it meal by meal. Once again, meal by meal. Take it nice and steady. Take it nice and slow. And then just try it. Because it is possible. It is definitely possible. I mean, I, I, I've done it uh, to a pretty good standard. It just takes time and experimentation. And kind of finding things, okay, what works, what doesn't work, what mm. actually, what can I actually eat and not eat and stuff. Um, but yeah, that is a, that is a barrier. If you're not bothered about macros, it's all right. But if you are bothered about macros, and yeah, it is a, it's challenging. It is difficult if you're used to having a certain template mm. of how to structure your meals and your macros before. So you'd have oh your carbs, your veggies, and your protein. I mean, even if uh, we, you, you mentioned the classic bodybuilder diet earlier on, where you just said chicken and broccoli. Yeah, rice, yeah. you know, where you always had that standard template of how to get your macros in. Whereas with the vegan diet, it's a little bit more awkward. I mean, look, even Google, first thing I did, high protein food vegan. And I'm getting peanuts, almonds. You know, these are things that, you know, it's not really a high protein source. No, no. It's actually yeah, more right. of a high fat source, yeah, isn't fat, it? Yeah, yeah, nuts are fat sources, you know? aren't they? Yeah. So it's like so straight away the macros are com- yeah, the macros are completely thrown off there. So I can understand it'd be tricky. This comes to one, trial and error, and two, once again, <laughs> what was it, Tom? what I said earlier, and that what, is education. Was it, um 
He was the guy with Game Changers. Didn't he have a fucking little kickoff on Joe Rogan about him like trying to say that peanut butter sandwich has got like just as much protein as blah, 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 whatever mill. Do you remember that? God, anyone that goes on Joe Rogan should just be barred you not, Do you not remember this clip? Because like the clip made, the guy, he, the way he was talking from Game Changers, he's obviously very articulate. So he made his argument very convincing. But the problem was, what you and me said was, well, he's comparing a peanut butter sandwich. Which oh, has, was it the ex-Navy SEAL guy? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. So it was like... Yeah, the guy actually made the documentary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, him, yeah. But... Oh, God. What they didn't realise, what they weren't telling you was, yeah, the protein was the same as whatever he was comparing it to, steak, whatever. But I don't think it was steak. But the other macros, obviously, are massively different. So you're telling someone they yeah. a peanut butter sandwich has got as much protein as a, a chicken breast and a fucking whatever portion he was talking about. But no, it fucking hasn't. <laughs> but yeah, but you're getting way more fat and way more calories. Yeah. So it's a completely different macro yeah. profile. So it's a bit disingenuous I mean, to say it's the same amount of protein. That's like when, oh, you can get 40 grams of uh, protein from chicken. Did you know you could also get 40 grams of protein from broccoli? Okay, <laughs> but it's going to be a lot more keynotes. manageable to get that 40 grams of chicken into my gob compared to 40 grams of broccoli, yeah. which is probably going to be, a you know, in, in, in our metrics, I don't know, what can we measure this by? A, um, a voxel boot for the broccoli. A voxel boot. <laughs> yeah. Fuck's sake. A, uh, a, a merchant navy tanker full of broccoli. There you go. Oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Guys, if you've got any more barriers in terms of stuff what you're struggling with about going, you know, feel free to get in touch uh, via the details down in the show notes below. We're always happy to help you, um, you know, anywhere we can. Uh, we've got some more here, though. Struggling we've myself. <laughs> we've, got some, we've got some options, uh, not options, sorry, we've got some uh, responses as well to asking you guys advice to give someone if they wanted to go vegan. So, this one's really intense. Be monitored by a doctor, regular blood work. You could tell that person's a medical professional, which they are. <laughs> Working, I mean, yeah. to be fair, you can say that for fucking anyone, really, because most people have got shit diet. Not most people, but a lot of people have got shit diets, even an omnivore diet. So they could probably do us some blood work. Yeah. Tell them they're fucking deficient in nutrient XYZ. But that that is something you, I mean, it's something you could do if you're that worried. Um, but... I said, if you're writing these things down and you're actually becoming aware of where you're getting your nutrients from, you should be fairly content. You're actually getting enough stuff in there. Um, But it could be a peace of mind thing if you really want to. This one, again, understand the medical implications. Now, I'm not really sure what they mean by medical implications. Uh, I need more more context to really address that on fully, if I'm being honest. Yeah, What what medical implications? Because it could be anything. I don't think there's anything inherently which will... Like a well-planned vegan diet, shouldn't you shouldn't really have any medical implications? I'd be slightly concerned. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not too sure about that either. To be honest, yeah. Yeah, feel free to the person who sent that. And if you want to send us a DM uh, with a bit more context, we'll uh, we can reply in a voice note, give you a, <laughs> give you the answer you deserve. Uh, this was a cracker one. Don't pour good milk all over the floor. <laughs> if you're not seen that, it's uh, been in the British tabloids for the last few weeks. <laughs> vegan extremist going rogue no I've not seen that have you not seen him pouring milk oh god those lot yeah 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 just fucking going into oh no sorry I thought you meant I'm thinking of the oil people that's why oh the oil people no no don't pour good milk yeah that's... yeah I'm thinking of the wrong people <laughs> just going no into I've Tesco. not seen that let me quickly give that a google oh yep seen you see it yeah just oh, fucking of course it's in Edinburgh <laughs> I mean do you know what they should have done it would have been <laughs> Sorry to stigmatise here, Bill, but uh, here that, go. That, that guy looks very vegan, <laughs> very sickly. <laughs> oh, it's the extremist type, mate. I mean, what they could have done was they actually should have gone into the supermarket actually in like a a cow costume. So you know, like you get the horse costumes where yeah, it's yeah. like two people with the legs back and front. Mm. They should have done that 
and actually had the milk come out of the udders, the fake udders, mm. it would have had more of an impact. That'd be quite funny, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Fuck's sake. But I don't see how they think this has worked because all it means is they've just had to replenish their stocks more. Yeah. Therefore, producing more supply and demand. What they should really do instead, you know, be a better idea, mate. What they should actually do is go to Tesco and buy all of the plant milk and just keep buying all of it. Because that would create a nice bit of supply and demand, wouldn't it? Yeah. Just buy shitloads of fucking well, plant milk. Well, what that would do is that would create a panic buy. And that's a really smart thing to do. This happened with carrots years ago. <laughs> Whoever the fuck it was, they organised a carrot panic buy <laughs> and uh, Why sent carrots? the country into a craze. Why carrots? I don't know. It was just the most random thing. Like Some people organised <laughs> something where buy. they all went and bought all the carrots out of the stores and it made... Then it made the population think something was going up with the carrots. We need to buy as many carrots as we can before we can't get any more. And it created like a, a system-wide, uh, country-wide fucking, yeah, panic buy on carrots. Gee, I'm sure this happened. I'm having to Google it because I'm not sure if I imagine this or not. Oh, <laughs> 2008. A teenager could be behind a surge in global carrot buying after setting up a Facebook page urging people to panic buy them. <laughs> there you fucking go. hell. Wow, wait. 2008. The Great Carrots Panic Buy. That was probably the biggest single vegan victory. <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. Over 10 years ago. Next few are quite similar, actually. Uh, ease into it. Big changes rapidly. Isn't sustainable. Train your body to enjoy veganism. Phase things out. Don't go cold turkey. Oh, I like that use of language there. Uh, make small incremental changes. Don't go cold turkey. Same goes for coming off crack. Well, that's an interesting comparison. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Look at our our audience is a, I, a special breed. That's probably a little bit worse, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like putting the steak down is a bit different than putting down a bag of heroin. <laughs> I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't smoke a courgette. <laughs> you can't smoke a courgette. Fucking watch me. Or in, or inject a cabbage. Do you imagine if I just pulled an aubergine out of aubergine out of that pocket? It's like puffing away. I, I, mate, I don't know where this is going. Like keep your pants on <laughs> oh, no. and no more talk of aubergines. Oh, God. Oh, so what do they call it in America? Eggplants, isn't it? Is that what they call it over in the States? Is it an eggplant? Oh, yeah, eggplant, yeah. Yeah, sorry. For those of you confused. It's not even made of eggs. It's made <laughs> yeah. of aubergines. Yeah, but we've been... Oh, God, yeah. You like the pond, mate. Interesting one. What we're going to do now, guys, is we're going to rattle through some stuff to give you some peace of mind on a nutrient deficiency because um, there's a few options out there which you might not be aware of. You can find us all on the internet, but I'm going to tell you some now just to sort of get it into your brains a little bit, hopefully give you some ideas as well. So protein, the obvious one. Fake meat is a good option because a lot of it is bolstered to give it the same sort of protein content as it's what it's supposed to be replacing. I'd recommend looking for fake meat that uses a soy or pea protein simply because they are good quality proteins if because some of them will use like mushrooms and there's like no protein in it so like some fake meats will literally be made of like yeah wheat protein and yeah mushrooms which is like not very great so it's like not great at all you then got tofu and temper once again all from a soybean good protein source high protein good amino acid profile there uh seitan that's another good one. That's got quite a meaty texture. That is a wheat protein, though, I believe, so potentially not as good as your tofus and your tempers. You've then got lentils, beans, adame. Uh, this one, this next one's interesting. Spirulina. Have you had a spirulina, Tom? Yes, I have. Little green powder. Yep, I used to have a bag of it. Tasted absolutely horrendous. Yeah, it's awful. It's absolutely awful, but it is a good protein source, packed full of other good stuff as well. What you can do with this one, though, guys, is you could put it in with, like, if you have an oats, you could put, like, a little bit in there of it, or if you make it a smoothie, you could bang it in with that. I wouldn't have it on its own. With like water, it is vile. It doesn't go down very well. Yeah, that's it's how a, I had it. 
but it's a good source of protein once again. And then as we spoke about earlier, Tom, green peas. Peas are actually a fantastic source of protein like yeah. on their own. Uh, and obviously the other micronutrients yeah. that come with it as well. Peas is one of those fins as well where in a structured meal, like it goes well with anything. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've had it in bolognese, I've had it in Super curry. Super cheap as well, you know, aren't I've they? I've had it in my Sunday roast. I've had it with pasta. Yeah. Yeah, really cheap. And uh, yeah, we just buy frozen peas, stick in your freezer. Have you seen wonky peas? Wonky peas. Mate, I thought You're making this, me Google yeah. a lot of stuff no, tonight. Mate, right, wonky I generally, peas. when I... Because they're, they're cheaper, aren't they? If you buy a wonky variety of fruit and veg, it's cheaper. Oh, so was, is it misshapen peas? Yeah. Well, they're not even misshapen, mate. They're just like a, a little bit non-circular, so they don't fit through the little template, so they get put in the wonky section. But it's like, there's no difference. <laughs> they're just like, it's a pea. It's not a perfect So they've ball. done stuff like this for years, and it's yeah, not yeah. just been with peas. Yeah. So back in the day, Bill, uh, you used to be able to buy broken bits, and those were like biscuits that had fallen off of the conveyor belt and had snapped in half. You used to just get a bag of broken biscuits for dirt cheap. And that's what this basically is. Um, they've done this with other uh, vegetables as well, actually. But I can't remember where they were selling it, but it was like you can buy like the the, the vegetables that don't look appealing. Mm. So going back to carrots, you could get a carrot that looks like, I don't know, a fucking C-shape. You know, get alarmed, get alarmed the traditional, legs. yeah. You see those? Tiny human. <laughs> yeah. With, with sentient. <laughs> the sentient being. But yeah, I mean, uh, at the end day of it, if, it, if it tastes the same, who gives a shit about its appearance? Although saying that, the appearance of food does make a big difference. And I think that's also what puts a lot of people off of going for a vegan meal. That's fair. That's fair. It does look good. We, we are visual creatures, aren't we? Uh, inherently. So we do look at things. If it looks different than we're not yeah, used we to, then here we do. We get a bit upset, don't we? So yeah. Remember, that's a tip, Tom. When you go veganism, blindfold. Be, wear a blindfold for the first six months. And then just let me stick something in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> An aubergine. <laughs> <laughs> it might not be vegan. Oh, <laughs> I, can't, I can't promise it's meat-free. <laughs> Fuck. Jesus Christ. I mean, to be fair, what would be worse? if I, I think it'd be more awkward if, you know, like someone walked in on us and I had an aubergine in your mouth, like an actual aubergine. <laughs> yeah, it actually would, yeah. yeah well, I think a, that's weirder what, than the other a, thing. What, as opposed <laughs> to having your fucking knob, having your knob in mouth? <laughs> that was weirder, is it? How is that weird? I like where this is going, Bill. How is, how is that weirder? Yeah, this is the fanfic <laughs> everyone was wanting. <laughs> what, we give you a blowy? to explain, blowy in the podcast studio. <laughs> Well, 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 yeah, that's a lot easier to explain than like, but why an aubergine? Yeah, why why, <laughs> why is Tom shoving an aubergine in Bill's mouth? <laughs> yeah, did you wash that first? Like, <laughs> yeah. Was it a wonky one or a straight one? <laughs> <coughs> yeah, exactly. Got options. Oh, God, wow. How did we get... Wow, that took a turn, didn't it? We're discussing green peas and we've now gone off into <laughs> a savage dungeon. Yeah. Oh, I, know, I don't hurts. know how we got onto that. Oh, my mouth hurts. Fucking hell. Uh, it's the thought of it that's the that's the that's the no support effect <laughs> um but yeah like honest to god like uh one of the things behind like uh what might pick people off of going vegan as well is simply like um the food might just generally look less appealing aesthetically i mean there was a case years ago where like uh so tomato ketchup Red, which for kids for children looks very appealing green one but I remember when Heinz did uh mm. It was green or purple. It was something stupid. And it was the exact same ingredients, but kids hated the taste of it. Yeah. Even though it was the exact same. But it was just that visual cue. It didn't look appealing at all. It's interesting, isn't it? Very interesting. It is, yeah. Placebo. Placebo, no spo. Right. Um, next next one, guys. This is an absolute... This is one people are terrified of. Vitamin B12. Fuck me. When I first went vegan, I think half my family's like, you get enough B12 in? you get enough B12 in? Fucking right. Okay. Look, right. I'm going to lay down now. We're in 2022, okay? 
And this is how no. this, this, this this is the situation. Most normal vegans will have fake meat. Okay, most people you speak to who are vegan now these days, they will have some sort of meat substitute. And pretty much every single one of them is fortified with B12. Pretty much every plant milk you have is fortified with B12. And if you have morning cereal, mm. pretty much every cereal is fortified with B12. And let's say you don't have any of that. Let's say you don't have cereal, you don't have fake meat, you don't have plant milk. What else have you got? Nutritional yeast is another great option. Basically vegan crack. If you have two teaspoons of this nutritional yeast, which is essentially, if I could describe it as a flavor profile, where it's like a nutty, cheesy kind of uh, flavor, two teaspoons is 300% of your daily intake of B12. And you can put that on your pastas, like a Parmesan sort of thing, or you can um, or you can put on anything, sprinkle on anything really. You don't need a lot. Um, but that will give you 300% of your daily intake. It should be fine. And important to note as well, B12 is water-soluble vitamin. So don't need to worry about if you have too much if you have thousand percent whatever it's fine you just piss it out it's no problem at all um, what else can you have guys what else b12 i know it's fucking apparently it's scarce in the vegan world marmite and yeast spreads temper as well as i spoke earlier temper is a good protein source but it also has loads of b12 in and if you're someone who partakes in a can of monster in the morning or any energy drink for that matter energy drinks are normally packed full of b12 as well so basically what i'm saying is not you should not be deficient in b12 if you are vegan in 2022 um, and if you are super, super paranoid, you can simply just have a supplement. So this is a time where I'd advocate having a supplement if your diet wasn't diverse. If it wasn't diverse. Yeah, but that's what I said about earlier. Before you even do that, have that food diary. Writing down, okay, all my meals here, yeah. am I not... Am I not getting my B12 in? But as I said, most stuff you buy now vegan, because there was a big scare thing at the start, they just fortify it in there anyway. Because it's a water-soluble vitamin, there's no real worry about you having too much. So they just throw it in everything. They just throw it in there, throw it in that. And before you know it, you've got fucking shitloads of B12 going through your system. Um, and you're fine. You're safe. Your world is not going to end. I mean, if you're having just a solely plant-based fucking diet so you're having just lentils and things like that then yes i could see there being a potentially more of an issue um but as i said most people who are vegan normally have these other things as well so i'll give you some options there though guys so if you are looking at your diet and you're trying to plan it think of those options nutritional yeast is a really good one because it also comes with a bit of protein it comes with other stuff as well and it's quite easy to add to any meal uh, it's got quite a nice little flavor to it and it's, it's not very like dense it's just like a sp just sprinkle on basically another one Iron. Now, iron is another controversial one. So this one gets a little bit more tricky because we've got two types of iron and we've got non-heme iron and heme iron. Heme iron is only found in animal sources and non-heme is plant and animal. And here's a little fun fact for you. Even though I said non-heme is plant animal, the majority of iron found in animal sources is actually non-heme. It's actually the plant one. So that's something to bear in mind. So don't automatically think you've got super absorbing iron in your system just because you eat animals. Might not be the case because non-heme does not absorb as well as heme. So iron intake is super important. We did speak about it, I think, on an episode about uh, micronutrients, I believe it was, back in our supplement series. Um, but iron is super important, things like energy, etc. But it's especially important for women, you know, those menstruate uh, through that, you know, that time of the month. That is super important. If you actually look at the recommendations for iron intake, it's actually higher for women between the ages of, I think it's, um, I forgot, it's up to like 50, like 19 or 50, whatever it's, they, the intake is like pretty much double than what a man should have for iron. So this is super important for, for you guys out there. But while getting enough iron is really important, um, this is especially more important if you are a vegan because as I said, the non-heme doesn't absorb as well as the heme, is that we need to look at ways we can aid in absorption of iron in our diet. 
Okay, so we'll talk about the sauce in a second, but what can we do to help with that absorption? So what we can do is you can avoid coffee and tea with your meals. So if you're having a meal where you're trying to get your iron in, smashing coffee and tea can actually uh, inhibit the absorption of your uh, iron. What we can do to help the absorption though is eat plenty of vitamin C. Vitamin C is great for that. So make sure your diet's got plenty of vitamin C, especially with your meals. So we're looking at things like oranges, bell peppers, tomatoes, broccoli, sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes are actually really good for vitamin A as well. Um, but just think about those sort of things for vitamin C and that will help your absorption. In terms of sources though, what can we eat as a vegan to get iron in? So once again, surprise, surprise, a lot of meat substitutes fortify this in. Okay, so they will actually, actually add in some iron to bolster up your numbers. Cereal. Cereal has always been a good one for iron. They've always put, they've always fortified that in there. Uh, lentils, mm -hmm. chickpeas, beans, quinoa, tofu, all pretty high in iron. Cashew nuts, chia seeds. Now, chia seeds are really good because you can add them into things like overnight oats, and you won't even notice they're there. They're a good one. Other seeds, there's a lot of other, other there's a lot of other seeds as well which have quite a lot of iron in. Uh, kale, spinach, really good healthy options to have some iron in. So as long as you get a nice diverse range, getting a little bit of these in there of all your meals, your iron intake for the day should be quite high. So it shouldn't really be a problem. It's a little bit more difficult, obviously. It's not as easy as just smashing a fucking steak or whatever and loads of red meat. But then people, we we said before, we Tom, you probably don't want to have loads of red meat anyway. So if you're relying on just eating red meat yeah, every meal. something get... I usually recommend to have minimally. To be honest with you, I'm probably going to spoil it here, but like one of the biggest takeaways about having like a vegan diet is just to be diverse with it. And I do think uh, actually that's one of the things that puts people off a vegan diet is that the idea that it's not going to be diverse, that it is just leaving, eating a plate of leaves and it's not. You can have a diverse diet in regards to it. You can have diverse foods, you know, recipes, etc. Mm. It's all different kind of stuff you have. You can have with it. Something I just want to mention, we just spoke about a lot of the uh, meat substitutes there. I think I forgot to mention, I don't think I did, was someone said earlier about they worry about highly processed meat substitutes for protein. I'm not sure you've seen this, Tom. Okay. We, spoke about, we spoke about processed stuff before in terms of like, it just it's a scary sounding thing, but it's not actually that bad. Once again, it's like, yeah. moder it's like moderation, isn't it? I won't go and have meat substitutes every single meal. I will go for things like tofus or lentils, chickpeas, whatever, quinoa, beans and stuff. But there's not anything in like on their own, just because it's been processed, does not necessarily mean it's going to fuck you up. It might be a bit higher in salt, but as we spoke about salt before, yeah. salt intake, like you shouldn't be worried about that either too much, obviously in moderation. I mean, the question I'd ask would be, what about the, what about the highly processed procession, so to speak, is... You know, what is it that worries you about it? Mm. What particular part of the process of processed food worries you mm. about it? Milk's processed. It's just a scary word at the end of the day. Yeah, you, most things are processed. Yeah, Milk's, exactly. Bread, bread's processed. A lot of things are bread. processed. Yeah, that has to go through a processing system. Natural organic honey is processed pro yeah, by, by bees. bees. By bees, yeah. You know, it's so. just a, it's a scary buzzword. Mm. Guess what? The moment you freeze or heat up a meal, it's a form of processing something. Mm. When you make your child's sandwich for school and you put it into a bag, it's been processed somehow. Yeah. Process, it depends on the context. Like process is a buzzword, but it can mean a lot of different things. Now, don't get me wrong, we've spoken about minimising highly processed foods before in the context of where it's very calorie-dense, high in saturated fat, but it's very minimal mm. in regards to things like protein and micronutrients, etc., it's not very satiating, is it? But just by throwing out, oh, avoiding processed food, 
Yeah. You know, it's like, it's not automatically a bad thing just because it's processed. No. Everything to an ex- one extent or another has been processed. Yeah, I won't be too worried about it, really, is what I'll say on that one. Um, if we move on to the next one, which is vitamin D. Now, vitamin D, here in the UK anyway, is something that most people should probably supplement anyway. It's something that we are quite low on um, in the UK as a whole. But if you look, like a lot of milks, breads, vegan spreads as well particularly, do have it fortified in. They will add vitamin D. So like a lot, there's a lot of foods out there which will add it in because they know, and especially mm. in the UK, we are normally quite low in it. But the recommendation for a lot of people really is to supplement it anyway in the UK because we don't actually get that much sunshine. So yeah. <laughs> uh, vitamin no, D is not don't. really, yeah, vitamin D is not really a strictly vegan thing anyway, to be honest. Omega-3, now this is an interesting one. I won't go into the in-depth analysis of it because we did do a podcast on this back in the supplement series, I think it was. I think it was like chatshitgetfit.com slash omega-3 or whatever, or omega. Um, that's where we talk about the different types, the yeah. absorption rates and stuff. But once again, to summarize, a lot of stuff will have it in there. But if you are worried, you can supplement it. There is an algae. There is an algae version of omega three, which is from the algae plant. And then the funny thing is about this is that the reason that the fish have omega three is because they eat the algae. So essentially, like the, the fish is like the middleman, basically. But it's easier to, it's cheaper, sorry, to harvest the fish and easier to harvest the fish than it is to get the algae. That's why the algae is more expensive if you get that form of omega three. But if you want a good omega-3 source yet yeah. looking up algae omega-3 it's just as good a bit more expensive though or a lot of options out there like butters and stuff will have it in there as well but once again when you're doing your diary in those initial months and stuff look okay am i getting omega-3 in any of my meals here have any of my meals got if they've not then be like, okay cool what can i get what options can i get for that and i'd go and recommend listening to our podcast on that it's in the supplement series, I believe. Mm. So uh, check that out. We do talk all about it. The different types like a- ALA and fucking DHA and all that sort of, all those fucking terms of magic. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and lastly, calcium. Oh, this is a scary one, is it? Calcium, because calcium can only be, you can only get calcium from cow's milk. It's what the world would have you, <laughs> have you think. Um, so <laughs> once again, calcium, every plant milk I have seen, pretty much all of them have it fortified with the pretty much equivalent of cow's milk and calcium so if you were to look at a pint of cow's milk and a pint of plant milk it'll pretty much have the same amount of calcium because they just fortify in there but you're not missing out so there's like yeah. no real difference at all there i mean whenever i've spoken to clients in the past about calcium they've always been surprised when i've said well actually leafy greens leafy greens yeah leafy green greens leaf- are high in calcium green leafy veg are you, actually uh, super high. yeah <laughs> I mean, a lot of time my clients think that milk and cheese is the be-all, end-all mm. of calcium. And don't get me wrong, is it great for calcium? Yeah, sure. But leafy greens as well, mm. you know, which is something we want to try and promote into our overall diet in the first place. It's anyway. a low-calorie option. It's a low-calorie option. Least- Instead of having to chug some milk, you can just have some fucking greens, roast some kale. That's just the things you add to your food for texture. Even we look away from the calorie aspect, you know, I mean, I had a lot of vegetables just simply for the texture for my food. So yeah, leafy greens, calcium. You've also got tofu. Some tofu is actually prepared with like a calcium because obviously it's like some yep. a liquid thing. Tofu could be high in that. And cereal, once again, cereal. Cereal gets a bad rap, but the thing with cereal is because it's like normally associated with like a meal that most people have is they fortify the fuck out of it to make sure that people are getting in some micronutrients <laughs> in the day so at least one of their meals in the day has got some micronutrients so cereal once again will have it in there plus if you have a milk yeah. on that cereal plants or otherwise you're getting even more calcium so once again you should not be deficient in vitamin uh, sorry in calcium if you are a vegan that is if you are having plant milks green leafy veg 
tofu cereal. Starting your day with a big ban of uh, yeah nutrients. Unless you like me, in which case I eat my cereal at 11 p.m. I have, I have cereal before but as well. Yeah, I know. You haven't lived until you've had midnight cereal. Mm, midnight cereal. I love it. A little nightcap. A little bowl of granola. Oh, yeah. And then have serious stomach pains in the night for your own fault. But it's well <laughs> worth it. The cereal <laughs> is delicious. Delicious. I think that's all the main ones there, guys. Uh, if you've got any other concerns, as I said, please get in touch. As, as Tom did say a couple of times there, education is the key. And we're not saying that you're fucking thick as mints, uh, pardon the pun. All we're saying is basically is that this is quite a complicated topic in some ways. So just ask. If you don't know the answer to something, just ask. Drop us a message or Google it because the world, there is a lot of information yeah. out there now, especially like now, 2022. Ask. So many options. So much information to be had. Yeah. It makes it a lot easier to actually do it. Look at recipes. Go check out some pictures on, you know, food porn hashtags on Instagram, etc. Don't get me wrong. You're probably going to come across a lot of bullshit as well. But at the same time, it's trial and error. Hmm. Think about living in the digital age or the information age is that information's right at our fingertips. But it also means that the pendulum can swing the other way and give us a load of bullshit at the same time. Yeah. But at least you've got the option where you can kind of do your homework and yeah, it's trial and error and patience. Um, obviously, guys, we could have gone into a lot more there. Uh, you know, if, if you're probably thinking, oh, we didn't talk about this. I'd said before, drop us a message. You know, we, we haven't got all night. Um, <laughs> uh, so we'll, we'll leave it there, guys. Uh, quickly, we're going to quickly... Get my cereal down me. We're going to quickly plug again the weaponized plants for our own safety. So yeah, weaponized plants, keep doing your thing. We are supporters of you here on the podcast. Mm. Hail the carrots. That's all I'm saying. I mean, you heard it here first that if we was uh, overtaken by our misshapen, wobbly carrot overlords, um, we'll be the first people to welcome them. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if like any of our listeners follow UK politics, but I mean, we've just uh, got rid of Liz Truss, <laughs> who was governing our government for the past three hours. I think that's how much she was in government for. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, if, if if we get overtaken by... I mean, to be fair, I was going to say get overtaken by a carrot, but jokes aside, there's actually... I think it's Instagram or Facebook is a page where they actually had a... Funny enough, I think it was actually a lettuce. And it lettuce. was, will this lettuce outlast Liz Truss? <gasps> I and saw it turns that. Out, yes, yeah. the lettuce I has... Saw, yeah, uh, it did. I saw... That's amazing, yeah. isn't it? That is embarrassing. So technically, you know, that's that's our plant overlord. Yeah. We're being I mean, one thing by I letters. do want to finish up on here, Bill, is we've spoken a lot about how, like, if you want to transition from a, a meat-based diet to a vegan diet, well, what about the flip side? What about if you're going from vegan to a meat-based diet? My recommendations there would be to start with small steps. So if you feel a bit funny about eating an animal, you know, maybe decide to eat an animal that you know has committed a crime. <laughs> what do you mean by Something crime? Something where you're going to feel less guilty by, you know, eating this animal. You know, what, what, what if you know of like, uh, I I don't. Well, a squirrel that keeps on parking on like a double yellow outside a school zone, you know, stuff like that, or a shoplifting camel, you know, something which you know you would be <laughs> benefiting to so much eating this fucker. You can slowly, you can slowly transition into a meat based diet, guilt free, guilt free. <laughs> You know, you might just so you you might be heroic. You might actually be become a hero out of it. You might eat, you might eat the ostrich that shot JFK from the grassy knoll. <laughs> wow, guys, you heard it here first. Biggest takeaway this week is: if you are going to eat animals, make sure you eat animals that are committed crimes. The bigger the crime, 
the better the eat. It's been a pleasure as always, and we'll uh, we'll see you on the next one. I mean, I'm sure there's animals out there on death row. Yeah, my oven. Right, night. <laughs> As always, thanks for listening. And as always, you should know the score by now. If you did enjoy the episode, and once again, I'm going to assume you did if you've got this far and you're listening to me at the end once again, please give it a share to all of your your friends and family if they are interested in going vegan or if they're just interested in people chatting shit about fitness on a weekly basis, give it a share, give it a rating, give it a review, let people know how much you love it. And we we will read that. We will personally let you know we've read it. Um, and we will be very grateful. So if you want to make me and Tom very happy, give us some stars, give us some words of kindness and share us all over your Instagram feed. Um, and do tag us if you do do that, because we do like to see it and it does make us very happy. If you do want to make us happy, that is. If you don't, then you know we live in a society and all that. You do what you want. I'll leave it there. We will see you next week, same time, same place for a brand new episode. See you soon.